Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Hi, I'm Imri, the host of The Wannabe Podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. Thank you so much for listening again this week. I'm so excited that you're here. Remember to get your tickets to a live recording of Wannabe on June 2nd at the Artworks Classrooms in London Bridge. Me and brand and marketing expert Priska Moyesa will be walking you through how to use video and podcasting to build your brand. We will be sharing our personal content timelines and templates and we'll show you how we use social media while we were working full time also we'll tell you how to pivot your idea so you can finally get paid visit wannabelive.eventbrite.co.uk to grab a ticket while they're still there today i am again joined by dorcas shola fapson dorcas studied criminology at university but wanted to pursue her passion for acting she was granted a scholarship to the american musical and dramatic academy in new york dorcas is best known for her role as sophie in season three of mtv sugar also, fun fact, Lupita Nyong'o was in season one of MTV Sugar. She also hosted Ndani TV's The Juice and has appeared in Banana Island Ghost and My Wife and I. Dorcas has racked up a fantastic 217,000 fans on Instagram. In today's episode, you'll learn why having a degree still means something and what to do when opportunity knocks and you cannot take it and why you should not limit your dreams Let's go. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today and why? Oh, that's a good question. That is a really good question. Uh, in my career, in my field, who did I want to be or just anyone? Anyone. Oh, who did I want to be? <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. Well, not stupid, but you know, Tupac. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I wanted to be him or be with him, or yeah, I just wanted to be a part of him. You know, close proximity to him. Why? Because I love him. I've just always loved him. I just love his music, his poetry, his movies, everything about him, what he stood for, what he fought for. Just love Park. Park is life. Wow, this is life. So yeah, I don't know if I'll say I wanted to be him, but I wanted to be around him I wanted to be with him you know just you know <laughs> and wait hold on <laughs> and I'm going off course but yeah I wanted to be with with Park but um if I could say I wanted to be so I've, I've never really that's a good question I've never really sat down and say I want to be this person because I've never really you know 
I mean, I look up to people, but I haven't idolized someone to the point of wanting to actually become them. You yeah. Know? So I, 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 I can't answer that if I'm honest. Like, I, <laughs> there's no one that I'd really said, "Oh my gosh, I wish I was her. I wish I was him." There's just that's so interesting. Know, yeah. Funnily enough, a lot of people I speak to on the podcast don't have like a specific person. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a load of people that I look up to that sure. I could I could take like bits and pieces from and you know become one big ball of you know the diff- <laughs> ten different people fine but there's no one particularly that I would say I would want to be that person sure no that makes sense I yeah. don't think I have one and someone actually threw the question back at me and I was like I don't know I yeah. ask this every week yeah. uh, and I don't have an answer it's a tough it. one that's a, that's actually a good question but yeah no, are there know. like the so with the people that you do admire and that you look up to mm-hmm. what are kind of the most common qualities or traits that you really see in them that you would want for yourself um Ambition, mm-hmm. determination, um, independence, um, sense of humor, um, sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> um, humble, down to earth, real, um, relatable. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are like all in one, like just someone that I can vibe with, relate to learn from as well as have a laugh with you know just different characteristics yeah no they sound really good they yeah. sound like a all together a yeah. really good person yeah <laughs> yeah fun person overall someone that enjoys what they do and does what they love and loves what they do yeah, yeah. so let's yeah. let's move on to doing what you love so i know you because you're an actress yeah <laughs> um but i know you also have a background in criminology i do yeah. um and I wanted to get to know a bit more about the criminology side and how have you taken that forward up until today, I guess? Um, yeah, so I studied criminology at uni. So before acting, I was determined to be a criminal lawyer. And then the idea of law school came into play and I was like, yeah, that's that's long. So <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to do that. So um, I kind of followed my passion, but I, I still have a huge passion for criminology. The reason why I studied criminology was because I wanted to work with young offenders. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in the inner city neighborhood, so I grew up in Tottenham. Oh, okay. And, you know, I watched people get arrested from me and my brothers, you know, just friends, family, get arrested, stabbed and, you know, just loads yeah. of different things around me. So I wanted to be a product of positivity. So I wanted to bring change to my community. I wanted to work with people, you know, because a lot of times these people get arrested that nobody listens to why they've done what they've done. They just say, oh, that's a criminal. He's a black boy wearing a hoodie, standing on the street corner, Mm. selling drugs. No one's actually taken time to understand why they're doing what they're doing. So for me, studying criminology, I wanted to kind of work with young people and, you know, rehabilitate them. And, you know, because, you know, like young people that do drugs and stuff, they are businessmen. They're just channeling it in the wrong way. And I don't think anybody sits down to, you know, really analyze that and, you know, think of how they can turn it around for the good you know so that's why I studied it because I wanted to work with people like that mm-hmm. and um yeah so I, that's still in my plans you know long term to work with you know younger people and you know young offenders and stuff but I have a passion as well I have to live my life as well just yeah. as everyone else is living their lives I can't just you know so um I decided to follow my passion which is acting but um, I still definitely want to use my criminology to work with young people that have been in the system and that are still in the system or whatever so yeah, nice. That's really noble. Um, <laughs> I actually, I think all of my family 
like my mum worked with young people. Mm. Uh, my dad, my stepdad's a social worker. So I've been around it a lot. Right. I, it kind of put me off personally. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, I just, mm. but I do work with a lot of young people for the challenge, which is right. like the National Citizen Services yeah. thing and teach them like enterprise skills. And I'm always like supremely impressed. I'm, I'm kind of slowly meandering into kind of the young people's work right. by, I don't know, I feel like it's partly because of my parents' influence. Of yeah. Just always being around like young people who are sometimes traveled sometimes they're just really gifted sometimes just misunderstood you know yeah. just like you know they just need someone that they can just relate know, to yeah relate to yeah and, you know, someone that's been it, there done that and you know just relatable yeah it's super rewarding work like I, yeah. i've done it for the past two summers and hopefully going to do it for a third summer of teaching them like business skills yeah um and helping them channel that that energy yeah um and that's that intelligence like some of these kids are so yeah they're smart. so you'll be so surprised oh like they're so smart like they're just, i was you know. surprised i had a lot of prejudice <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie mm-hmm. um and yeah i was really taken back when i when i started working with them so i think it's really nice to hear that someone like still cares mm-hmm. um and that people care and want to pursue that definitely like one of my long-term goals is to have like a um a, well, a drama school, long term. But for like people, so someone like me that came from an inner neighborhood, I couldn't afford to go to drama school because they're so expensive. Yeah. So long term, I would want to build like a drama school or like a, you know, just a, a extracurricular school that has, you know, young footballers, young whoever wants to study arts, you know, just to get them off the streets and into something yeah. like that's extracurricular, you know, but affordable. You yeah, know? Like, absolutely. If I could do it for free, then I would, you know, but... You know, just affordable because I feel like that's an, another thing because they don't have anything to do that they just turn to, you know, whatever makes quick money or, you know, so, so yeah. That's true. Um, that's, I, I really like the idea of creating a bigger institution yeah. that is, it's kind of like at the end of Black Panther where they created that school. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> sorry, people. I mean, what kind of forever. Yes. <laughs> sorry for spoiling that. But yeah, yeah creating like a, an institution and creating a legacy for yeah. these kids and these people because like there really isn't that many mm-hmm. um but I did want to touch on the drama school because acting is what you do yeah and I believe you got like a scholarship to a school yeah in New I York. did I um I auditioned for AMDA American mm-hmm. Academy of Dramatic Art forgive me I don't know the or <laughs> whatever American Musical Dramatic something anyway yeah I got a scholarship for that um but I, I again when you get a scholarship that's for the tuition yeah so it's still really expensive like to live out there of and course. like just like because it was a th- three years so it I just couldn't come up with I couldn't afford to do it because I still was you know struggling to be an actor I wasn't even sure of what I wanted to do I knew I wanted to act but I was thinking okay what if I fail what if I you know I just had I was battling with what I wanted to actually do I knew I wanted to start acting but I couldn't afford it and I just you know, oh, it just wasn't sad. possible for me. Yeah, so I couldn't do it. But um, I ended up doing a six-week course at ARDA, which is the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York. So I didn't do the scholarship because it was just not feasible for me. But I ended up doing like an intense six-week um, nice. course. Yeah. And how was that? It was really good. It was really um, beneficial for me. So like now I, I would love to go back to and do drama school because I feel like I still have so much to learn mm-hmm. and, you know, brush up on like my skills and just, you know, touch up on so I definitely want to go to a drama school now like I can afford it thank god <laughs> so um yeah I'm gonna definitely like do a year somewhere and just yeah touch up and you know learn I don't feel like there's I feel like you're always learning you know so I feel like yeah, it would be so beneficial for me to go to a drama school and I feel like a lot of people when hiring as well look at that like they look at where you've trained and what you've oh, done yeah. and you know so I feel like it'll be beneficial for my acting CV 
That's so interesting. So I know nothing about acting because I'm yeah. actually not creative in any way, shape or form. <laughs> um, I've strictly been like academia and then straight from academia into like the world of like nine to five life, which yeah. sucks. Um, so for anyone that may not have like any idea as to what it takes to, you know, even apply for drama school, like what is that process like? What do you have to do? Do you have to prepare something? Do you have to perform? Yeah, what is the audition so like, process like? Normally with um, drama schools, they do like, so I know with the drama school that I did the audition for, that was AMDA, mm-hmm. um, you had to prepare two pieces, two contrasting pieces. So like maybe a a serious monologue and a funny monologue, you know, Ooh. just two very contrasting pieces. And they want to see like your range and where you're at and like how much training you're going to, what level you're going to into the drama school, you know, just see where you're really at. But um, for me, I... I hate auditions so I always like I get so nervous in auditions my palms start sweating I start stammering I get you know I don't know why it's just a thing for me like I get really nervous so I always say um is it's I get it with the audition process like you have to see where you're at but I wouldn't really because I know once I get in front of the camera I'm fine yeah but in the audition I'm just like jelly like I'm just like (laughs) yeah I get really nervous but um so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't if even if you audition for a drama school, you don't get in. I don't think that's a testament to your acting credibility. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't take that and say okay, because I didn't get in, I can't act or whatever. I wouldn't take that because for someone like me, I've I've been to loads of auditions. I haven't got them because I get so nervous in auditions. But then you know, for the ones I have got, as soon as I get in front of the camera, it's a different thing. You know. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's it's, that's it's it. I had no idea that that's what you had to do. I mean, I watch yeah. a lot of like school like shows about schools like yeah. I'm saying this like I watch like serious shows I watch like Glee and, <laughs> <laughs> and a show called Smash which is actually mostly about the theatre mm. uh, and the process of auditioning and even just like going through the motions of like being on set it just yeah. seems so grueling and um so I have to confess that in my last I just left my job so yeah. uh the last week I was like this is a washout I actually don't work anymore so whatever mm. so we started watching Sugar <laughs> oh you did yeah. <laughs> and uh my colleague at work was like obsessed she's like oh my god, oh my god it's coming back <laughs> like we need to hatch up because yeah. it's coming back yeah. um so I wanted to talk about Sugar uh because mm. it was fantastic and you were my favorite oh, thank you <laughs> um thank you and I wanted to know how that came about yeah. um, and, you know, what, what, what made you take that role? Um, yeah, um, Sugar was really a blessing for me. I um, So when I didn't get the, when I got the scholarship for AMDA and obviously I couldn't do it, I ended up doing the six week intense course that I told you about. So I moved out to New York. So yeah. I was in New York for about three or four months. So while I was there, I had an agent in London and my agent called me up one day and she was like, oh, there's this um, audition that I'd really like you to do. Can you fly back to London for the weekend and, you know, just do the audition? I was like, Who's do-, do you think I'm Bill Gates' daughter? <laughs> Why do you think I have that money to fly back yeah. for something that's not guaranteed and then fly back to New York? I just don't have that kind of money. I was broke, struggling, trying to, you know, yeah. chase my dream in New York. So I was like, I can't do that. So I said to her, I could do a video a tape of myself and um so I ended up I had no one to read for me because I lived alone so I ended up filming the part so it was two people a duologue so I was two I ended up filming one part recording a voice note on one part and then recording myself being the person I was auditioning for right <sighs> this very complicated. yeah 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 it's, it's the imagery is just a lot but um yeah it took a while but I got there in the end so I did a self-tape I sent it to my agent and she sent it over to them and they liked the audition and they flew me out to Lagos and the rest is history. So 
Nice. That is so, that's a beautiful story. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. And that's because before then I, you know, I'm Nigerian. My parents are Nigerian, obviously, but I had no plans to go back to Nigeria and do acting or be in the entertainment industry there. Anyway, my plan was, look, I'm going to New York. I'm going to be in Hollywood in the next five years. (laughs) And that's that. And that, that plan obviously didn't work out. And I ended up in Nigeria, you know, which was a blessing, you know, which is a blessing in disguise. So yeah, it was, it was really good for me. Oh, it sounds great. Um, I guess the Nigerian film industry is like massive. Yeah, like I've huge. only been to Lagos once. I'm not going back. <laughs> oh, I'm so oh, sorry. Why? I'm so sorry. Like, you didn't I'm like not, it. I did not. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> Were you on the island? I was not. I was in oh. a Kedja. Oh, Kedja isn't bad. Yeah, I just didn't. It was not. You just, didn't have the right people taking you out. That's let's, why. Let's you go with that. No, yeah. I was going to put it there. Because if you came with me, I promise you, you want to live there. I promise you. We we will see, but I, I have you. I have already made up my mind that no, I'm not returning. No, I'm changing your mind. <laughs> I'm going to change your mind. You have Leg- to change your mind. Lagos was doing a lot that two weeks I was there. And yeah. Oh. But um, I was going to say, we, whilst I was out there, I think mm-hmm. we went to like a African film award ceremony. Okay. Uh, that was on the island and that was really good fun and it was weird to me because I was coming from the UK I don't know anything about Nollywood mm. I've seen a few films I was perfect I was tickled by them mm. um, <laughs> some of them are ridiculous mm. <laughs> uh, and that's really all I've known about like the industry um, but uh, FA's aunt is a director out there and she okay. brought us to film sets and things so she brought us this award ceremony I was like this is like a whole industry like it's actually like this huge thing and with someone who has like no like no idea and everyone's like oh my god it's this person this person like mm. I have no idea who any of these people yeah. are yeah <laughs> that, that was like me when I first went I was yeah yeah was so and it's so overwhelming but you keep you mentioned Hollywood being yeah. like the goal and the dream is that yeah. why not Nollywood and is is Holly is it still both or? um yeah no it's definitely still both I think like Nollywood like you said some of them you would laugh and think <laughs> this is ridiculous but then you know we're, we are coming up it's up and coming it's the second biggest industry in the world now yeah you know but it didn't it didn't happen overnight it's still a work in progress you sure. know obviously everyone wants to be in Hollywood you know that's not a bad thing it's not a crime to want to be in the best of the best you know but Nollywood is fantastic and it is up and coming it is you know we're making fantastic films right about now and you know it's up and coming so yeah I'm I'm, I'm happy to be in both like I'm happy to you know British wood indie wood everything I want to do every <laughs> I don't want to be in a box I don't want to just be oh that Nollywood actress I want to be the Hollywood girl the British girl you know the Bollywood everything I don't I feel like if you're an actor you should be able to you know be diverse and you know change This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Learn more. Go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Seamlessly between, you know. Not be typecast. Yeah, not be typecast and not be boxed into a certain... You know, have you so. found that so far, like since Sugar, have you been like typecast in any way? Um, yeah, kind of, but I feel like it's difficult for me because when you meet me, I don't, you know, obviously on Sugar, I speak with an accent, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Sophie, so fine, Sophie, ah, you can't speak English." You know, people meet me that oh, you can't speak English. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm British. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm obviously I'm Nigerian as well, but I was born and raised in the UK, yeah. so my natural accent is British. You know. So people see me like, ah, you are, you are forming accent, you are pretending, you are British. I'm like, no, I'm not pretending. This is how I actually speak. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't feel like I've been typecast, but I feel like it's very easy to get typecast. It's very easy to get comfortable in Nollywood. Definitely yeah. very easy. I mean, once you have a name for yourself, you know, you get scripts and it's easy to say yes to everything. But I'm not that kind of person. I like to be very specific in what I do. So I don't yeah. just take any and everything just to stay relevant and just to be have my name in this film and that film. I like, I'm very, very picky with what I do I just I want to be in the creme de la creme I want to be in the best ones I want to be in the the memorable ones I don't want to be in all hundred movies that no one's going to remember I'm being one great one that everyone's going to remember you know so um yeah no I don't I don't think I'm typecast thank god that's good yeah I'm trying to you know you know I'm back in London now so I'm going to be doing a few things here so I'm trying to you know move around can you talk about anything um not at the moment. Oh, okay. No, I can't. But um, don't <laughs> worry. Fine. God's grace. God willing, by the end of the year, you'll hear a few things. Oh, so. that's good. Yeah. I'm so excited. Well done. Thank you. Um, Thank you. What has been your greatest achievement to date? In life? or In life. In, in, in life I would say graduating. Oh, that's yeah. good. Because um, that was tough for me, man. Uni was... I was yeah I was fighting every day for that degree so for me to graduate I just and for me to even go to uni for me to even finish college was you know I I just think it was a big thing for me because you know in secondary school I would have hated me so yeah so looking back on who I was and where I am now I just think you know graduating and just taking the steps I've taken with my career you know I just think that's that's a great achievement for me nice congratulations graduating is hard I fought through depression for most of my uni life so it is a smooth miracle that anyone gets through that process actually um so congratulations and well done on 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 that and making it can you tell me about a time in your life that you felt like you just really wanted to like give up or quit or just kind of like just pack it in maybe with regards to acting actually yeah um that happens quite a lot. You know, acting, nothing's really guaranteed. You have to kind of wait for roles to come up and you have to wait for auditions to come up and you're wondering when the next job is going to be or, mm-hmm. you know, you might have a really quiet period and then a really busy period, you know, and not just for acting because I host as well. So yeah. it's the same thing with hosting. You might have a really quiet period of, you know, you might be really broke, like waiting for a job and then you have might be really busy. Like I would say like you have it's it's just patience like you just have to be patient you have to save you have to you know and be proactive as well like you have to 
not just sit around and wait for jobs. I feel like that's that's that happens a lot for me because you know, well, it used to happen a lot for me because I'll be like, oh, like waiting around for the next thing and not knowing when the next job is gonna come. So you know, it's just it's a constant battle. It's not something that's happened once and I can say, oh, that really got me down. It's it's a constant yeah. battle. You know, it's something that happens to everyone in the industry. You know, no one's well unless you're really up there. Then yeah, you know, but it happens like on your way up there, you're gonna have slow periods you're going to have high periods you're going to have you know ups and downs but that's constant you know you just it's a test of your character you know how you overcome those tough periods and you know just keep pursuing and keep pushing and keep positive and stay determined and stay proactive you know yeah. I'm a very very proactive person so like even though I do go for auditions and I do wait for the next role to come up, I, you know, actively try and get myself out there doing work and networking and, you know, just trying to stay active, like not just sitting down waiting for someone to call me for an audition. Like you're going to sit down and dry up, (laughs) you know, get out there and, you know, work and network and, you know, write your own script or write your own play or, you know, just work, just have something, you know, because, opportunity favors the prepared you have to be prepared for the opportunity to come you know so for me like I write a lot so I'm writing my own scripts I'm writing my own films I'm writing my own plays I haven't been a lot but you know I'm I'm, in my spare time I try to you know at least a day two hours write you know just so if the opportunity arises I can say hey I've got my play you want to sponsor it you know just just (laughs) be prepared for whatever you know be prepared for what you prayed for so that's really yeah. good. That's actually really solid advice, actually, because yeah. I don't think I think in anything in general, uh, a lot of us aren't that proactive. We're always kind of waiting for people yeah. to just give us an opportunity. Yeah. There's almost like an, a small element of entitlement that even exactly. comes like I'm, ex- I, I'm expected to have a job um, yeah. or like I expect to get a job. And it's like, actually, you actually have to apply. You have to go through the motions. You have to yeah. do the process. Mm-hmm. And I think not a lot of us do take a lot of time out to just kind of dedicate to what it is that we're passionate about or dedicate yeah. to our craft yeah you um, have to remember that no one owes you anything exactly so no one has to help you then people might help you but no one has to yeah you have to help yourself yeah. you have to want it for yourself more than anyone no one's going to want it more than you want it so you have to apply that and yeah for sure yeah i think that's really good um and actually, I don't think anyone's ever said that before. So thanks. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for dropping that one on the podcast. Um, I wanted to talk about the instability side of things a little bit more because mm-hmm. that sounds kind of insane to deal with, to yeah, be honest. And um, I think a lot of people want, well, a lot of us don't always have like the highs and lows unless you're like freelance or like you said in acting and hosting yeah. and in entertainment where you're kind of really dependent on what's available to a degree mm-hmm. or creating opportunities for yourself. But and um we create things. Uh like I created this podcast and we built this like network and it's still here in my house. Like we're still hustling. <laughs> um but yeah people can look in and be like, oh my God, you're doing this, you're doing amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like all of this stuff still like exists in my home. Like we still like are not like blowing. We're not blowing in cash. Yeah. Like I have sponsors, but they don't give me like so much money that I can like live day to day. And I think it's really hard. It's really hard as the individual that people are looking at to be like, oh my God, you're doing so amazing. Yeah. Um, 
But like you said, you're still constantly fighting through this instability. Yeah. So how do you kind of deal with, you know, what people might be perceiving of you and mm. also what is the reality? Do you ever kind of um, let people into the other side? Yeah, no, I, I, I pride myself on keeping it 100, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't try and be these, you know, Instagram girls as have all these cars and shoes and bags on Instagram yeah. there's no food in the fridge yeah. no I'm the other way around my fridge is gonna be full and I will have nothing on Instagram but I, I I'm not like like I said there is highs and lows everyone has that like I'm not ashamed to say I've been broke I've been having no food in my fridge yes yeah. and I've struggled through that and I've made it out and then you know it's gonna happen it, mm-hmm. it's gonna happen but that's not the end and what I will say is like if you do have a high point you save like I save like more than anything that's one thing I can say my dad taught me to save you know always save for a rainy day I always 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 have a backup regardless yeah. you know so I just feel like people I, I get it like you, it's so easy to fall into depression when things are not like rushing and knocking at your door yeah and then it's also really easy to fall into the um having to maintain this lifestyle you know act rich and look rich and mm-hmm. you know even when you're not you know and I get that because you, some people fake it till they make it I totally get that but um I don't feel like I fall into that category because I just feel like I just you look if I'm broke I say look sis I can't like I'm broke yeah. you understand like sis we all struggling we're all in this struggle together you yeah. know I'm not ashamed to say that and I feel like you know a lot of people are afraid to say when they're broke or when they're struggling because they have a facade they have to keep up you know yeah. they have to keep up with their appearances and keep up with the you know looking rich and all of that like you know, but you know, it's, it's it depends on who you are. Like I know who I am, so I don't feel like I have to have a facade. You know, if I'm rich, I'm like, hey, let's go eat. Like you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm balling today. Let's let's go Nando's. That's as far as it goes. No joking, but um, yeah, you know, Nando's is solid. I'm yeah, Nando's yeah, is good. Everyone likes Nando's, but um, yeah, no. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, you know, let's all go out. It's on me fine other days I'd be like nah sis you got me yeah yeah <laughs> because I just don't have it you know and there's nothing wrong with that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but um yeah no I get people that have to fake it till they make it there's, there's a lot of people actually in the industry that you know are faking it till they make it and I feel like there's a lot of pressure from like online social media and you know people that you don't know saying you know whatever about you I feel like that's a lot of you'd be very surprised how many celebrities are actually quite um yeah, <laughs> not 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 who you think they are, but you know, each did their own. I don't judge. You know, whatever you gotta do, you gotta do. I hear that. Yeah, um, only because we slightly sit on the peripheries of like UK entertainment industry, where we've kind of because we built this up by ourselves, and yeah. now we've managed to kind of make inroads here and there, and like we get invited to things. And I'm kind of just, I'm actually now like I think before I started this whole process of building the network and building a podcast and many podcasts in that process. Um, I was kind of like super starstruck all the time. Like, oh my God. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. Like, I would be so scared to speak to people. Now I'm like, they're just like kind of normal. Yeah. (laughs) Like actually insanely normal. Yeah. (laughs) Literally everyone goes through the same thing at different levels. Yeah. The richer, you know, the more money they come across, the more fun it's easy. Like, you know, like (laughs) the bigger you get, the more you have to maintain the lifestyle. You have to maintain the image. You have to... You know, and they might not have the means to maintain the lifestyle yeah. image, but the bigger you become, the bigger, you know, the bigger the problems you yeah, face. You know, exactly. you just, yeah. But it's, it's each to the end. You know, some people are not faking it. Some people, it's real, you know. Yeah. You know, but I, I just, you know. Yeah. yeah that's that that's what you. Yeah. <laughs> that's good, though. Like, I think we got into a conversation. Me and my guest co-host comes in once a month. Her yeah. name's Prisca. 
And she she was saying, you know, a lot, especially with women um, on social media, it's mm-hmm. so important that we actually be very transparent about the process because mm-hmm. a lot of people are looking at us yeah. and seeing what we're doing and kind of wanting that, but not realizing that, like you said, there are times where, like, I've had no food in the fridge. Yeah. Like, up until last year, I didn't have any food in this fridge. Like, yeah. it was empty yeah. for a while. And, like, noodles were my life. Um, <laughs> Indomie. <laughs> yeah. Indomie. Shout out to Indomie. Yeah. Even, like, when I was living in the Caribbean, being um after uni I was there for two years and everyone's like oh my god you live in the Caribbean like you must have the best life and I was like mm. I was living in my my grandma's really nice house it was new build mm. I had no furniture I had a bed I had a chest of drawers and a kettle there was no cooker there was no fridge oh, wow. like and people were like oh my god you live in the Caribbean you must live mm. in the life I'm like I'm actually living on noodles. <laughs> I'm boiling yeah. a kettle on the floor. I like think it's, that has that a lot deep. to do with social media as well, you know, like perceptions and just thinking, yeah, <laughs> you've yeah. made it because you're in another country and yeah. it's hot and, you know, you've, yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah. I, I played into it, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but. no, I think everyone can play into it to a certain extent, but, you know, when you, you know, you have to keep it real. Like, like you said, you were living on noodles. I feel like, you know, it happens to the best of us. It's just about keeping it real. Like, I'm not trying to sell any dreams. I'm trying to sell reality. You yeah. That's what happens in real life. I, I wanted to know an action that you would recommend for listeners that might be aspiring actors or actresses um in this world and what action can they take to i guess pursue that fully and something that will actually help them something they can do today uh, mm. whilst they're listening um for anyone that wants to get into acting hosting i would definitely i feel like whew, with social media being such a huge influence in today's society i feel like you should use that as your tool like there's youtube free instagram free mm-hmm. snapchat free promote yourself do monologues promote your plays if you want to do poetry post record yourself put yourself out there tag directors follow directors dm directors they might think you're a stalker but if you're good they'll take a second look yeah you know so i feel like they should just use the tools that are available to them and just really really zoom in on them and use them to the best um yeah just just use your own tools nice just push yourself out there network go to networking events um, meet and speak to people you know if you're shy work on speaking to people publicly introducing yourself I know that's something I really struggle with I, I hate going out to people and being like hey my name's Dawkins and I'm an actor like I, I just really feel like it's a bit cringe so I just you know that's something I'm working on aside from you know I just don't like uh, yeah I just I just never really like that so something I'm working on personally but um yeah just get yourself out there and just push yourself out there yeah, that's really good advice, actually. That's a really good action to actually just use what's available. Yeah, um, I think people, like, just look at, you know, I know some people use Instagram and YouTube, like, effectively, but a lot of people just use it to stunt on people that don't even know them. Yeah. And people that don't even care, <laughs> you know. But if you use it wisely, it's so beneficial. Like, it's so, so beneficial. Like, if you want to start a business, you know, put your business up there. If you want to, I feel like acting is really easy. Like, just film a monologue, any monologue. You know, there's loads of monologues on the internet. Film yourself, put it on Instagram, tag 10 directors that you like, DM them and say, hey, can you watch my monologue? I guarantee at least one watch it, you know. Are directors like the decision makers? Do they get to... Is is there a difference between Um, like the director and the casting person? I actually... No, so the casting director obviously cut like... um, so sends out a message to agencies or whatever and gets people to come in for the auditions and then they the casting director will sit in in the audition and 
you know, decide if you get a call back or not. The director might be there as well. But the director actually directs the film. So if, if a director likes you yeah. and they work with you, they'll probably think of you for their next film. Oh, cool. You know, so they'll probably call you and be like, hey, I'm doing this film. I think it'd be perfect for it. And, you know, it's always good to be good, you know, cool with directors because they'll always think of you if anything else comes up or whatever. Casting directors too. So, you know, obviously casting directors cast films or yeah. productions or whatever. So it'll be good to be good with them as well. So both tag casting directors and directors, they both work hand in hand. And finally, uh, what is the worst advice you've ever received? And what's the best advice you've ever received? Worst advice? Ooh. That's a good one, actually. Worst advice. I actually have to think about that, you know. Worst advice. I've received a lot of bad advice. <laughs> What's the worst? What is the top? Um, I never remember it. So. Yeah, no, I can't remember. I kind of just take, it goes in one ear. If I feel like it's negative, it kind of just goes in one ear and out the other. And I'm just like, yeah, you're blacklisted, so I'm not going to take advice <laughs> from you again. That's it. Um, I don't really keep it in my memory. I'm like, oh, I'm a bit, no, I can't think of the worst advice best advice um oh best advice the only true failure is when you stop trying nice that's true yeah that is very true yeah i think that's one of the best as soon as you stop trying yeah like you can try failed. and fail you can try and fail but the only true failure is when you stop trying nice i like it thank you yeah Thank you so much, Dorcas. This has been so much fun. You're welcome. You're welcome. I want to say a massive thank you to Dorcas for doing this episode with me. You can follow Dorcas on Twitter and Instagram at MsDSF. That's M-S underscore D-S-F. Don't forget, Wannabe is going live for the very first time on June 2nd. And this will not be any ordinary live show. So please make sure you get your tickets to the Brand Builders Masterclass. It's going to be an afternoon of just leveling up your finance, your brand, your career, everything. Get tickets at wannabelive.eventbrite.co.uk. There's only a few days left. If you like how this podcast has made me think that you can do what I do or better, then you need to reach out to the Shoutout Network. To find out more about membership, visit shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. Be sure to follow Wannabe on Twitter and Instagram at Wannabe Podcast. I'm getting so many lovely comments on my pictures now, and this is so fantastic to see. And thank you to everyone who is sharing the show in your Insta stories. That is insane. I love seeing that. So thank you so much for sharing it with your friends. Please do continue to do so. I love it when the show grows. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please do leave a rating or a review on iTunes if you have an iPhone or an Apple device you just need to hit the stars and go it's cool thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week bye imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.